Hey, you're listening to Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show with the host, Mike Anthony. Hey, how you doing? This is Mike Anthony on Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show. You are on a segment called The 92nd Spot. The 92nd spot here at Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show is just 90 seconds of something we like to highlight. Maybe a song, maybe a book, maybe a charitable deed. And today we're highlighting a book entitled, Someone Has Misplaced My Identity. God, Can You Help? This is a power-packed read. I believe it will help you or bless your life. We have so many people, young people, old people, that are missing their identity, don't know who they really are in God. And I believe that this book will give us a little light on that situation. The author, his name is Pastor Charles E. Malden Sr. And the book is entitled, Someone Has Misplaced My Identity, God Can You Help? So check that out. Get that in your local stores, Amazon.com. Um, I believe there might be some others, but definitely I know it's on Amazon. And it will be a blessing for your library. All right, again, the book is entitled Someone Has Misplaced My Identity. God, Can You Help Me? And the author's name is Charles E. Mowden Sr. And you are on the 92nd spot with your host, Mike Anthony. God bless. Making an Impact Christian Podcast show. I am your host, Mike Anthony, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be listening to a teaching by yours truly entitled Overcoming Your Pitfalls. You know, we all have pitfalls. If you don't have any right now, just keep on living. You will soon have one. Pitfalls, they are traps that you don't necessarily make for yourself. Someone has laid a trap for you, or the enemy has laid a trap for you. Or sometimes life can set pitfalls in your way. And today we're going to be talking about how to overcome those pitfalls. So tune in, turn your radio up, listen close. I believe that there will be something here that can help you overcome your pitfalls. So you are on Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show. I'm your host, Mike Anthony. And the next voice you will hear will be the teaching, Overcoming Pitfalls. You are on Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show. You take care. God bless. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's everybody's uh, weekend so far? Wonderful. Amen. Thank God for some wonderful weekends. <laughs> wonderful weekends are good weekends. All right. We're going to be talking about uh, overcoming pitfalls. Of overcoming. 
coming pitfalls. We're going to be coming from the book of Nehemiah. Looking at uh, Nehemiah 1, I'm going to read from Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through, I'm going to stop at verses 1 through 8, but I probably will be dealing with uh, 1 through 9, I'm sorry. Nehemiah 4, 1 through 9. Anybody can tell me um, what is a pitfall? And that was one, yeah, I felt like that when I was trying to build this lesson too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you said having a pity party? Pity party? Yeah. And you know, yourself, my Lord, help me to get out of here. <laughs> get rid of this situation. What am I going to do? Yeah, it falls of life. It's been something that you, well, we know we're supposed to trust in the Lord because they always hope and we always depend on them to get out of the situation. But pitfalls are like you're in something and you don't see your way out. Mm-hmm. You don't see your way out. All right. Okay. <laughs> Done that, right? Say, so say, so got the T-shirt, the boots, the match, the mug. <laughs> Amen. Even a headband. <laughs> Amen. They are only temporary. I believe the same. All right, we're gonna look at the book of Nehemiah, chapter four. So funny. I was like, Lord, I didn't know what to do with this one, but the Lord came to me with it a little bit, the ninth hour. So. Thank God, because <laughs> this trying to wrestle my head and wrap it around pitfalls, it's kind of tough, you know. But uh, it says, but it so happened when San- Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and brought and were very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashadites heard the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being beginning to be closed. 
that they became very angry, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. All right, we're going to stop right there uh, at verse 10. I mean, verse 9, I'm sorry. Nevertheless, we made our prayers to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. We're talking about overcoming pitfalls. And when we look at this particular text uh, this morning, Nehemiah had gotten news that Jerusalem, his land, the land that he loved, the walls had been torn down. And when I was thinking about the walls, really going into this situation, what, what, when we think about walls, what do walls um, signify? Protection. Good. Protection, all right? Boundaries. Boundaries, okay. Protection. Boundaries. Anybody else? Meditations, good. Alright. We have the walls signifying uh Limitations, protections, boundaries. <laughs> Jaira said, what did he say? No. <laughs> so basically, Nehemiah realizes that Jerusalem is now a city without protection, city without boundaries, city without limitations. And oftentimes, when your city or your life does not have boundaries and protections and without limitations, you're in trouble, right? And I think that's what he was giving way. He was saying that this city has come under great distress and now the city is wide open. There's nothing to protect the city. And oftentimes when we find ourselves in a situation maybe outside of the will of God, a situation where we have come under great disrest, the rest, we can find ourselves as a city without walls, city without protection, city without boundaries, city without limitations. And this is very important because when you are wide open like this, the enemy can come in and out of your city anytime they feel like it, right? It's very easy. You don't, you, you don't have, see, walls, walls are, they build a resistance. Walls give you a strategic um, strategic insight on the enemy. Think about it. If your city has walls, you can plant uh, towers and things on top and you can see the enemy coming from a long way. But when you don't have any walls and your walls are broken down, the enemy just comes right on in. Whenever they feel like it. They are in and they're out and they bounce in and they bounce out. So this is where we see Sam Ballin and, and, and those, they're mad now. Because Nehemiah is becoming and he's beginning to restore protection and boundaries and limitations again. And now the enemy is getting mad. The enemy is angry. 
So as we see them, as we see them rebuilding the wall, I want us to reflect that in our own lives. As we're talking about, we're going to talk about overcoming pitfalls, but I think that in overcoming pitfalls, you got to realize you got to have some walls up. These things are very important when dealing with pitfalls because pitfalls will come. We all got to realize that we are all going pitfalls will come to every life in this room. If they have not come, they're on their way. Trust me. And you're going to get out of one. You're going to jump over one pitfall. There's going to be another one even deeper waiting for you there. Exactly. Because when you look at the word pitfall, you in the dictionary, it says a pitfall is like a, a, a ditch dug. But then, but, you, but what I find, what find so interesting is it's camouflage over top of it. So it's a ditch that is dug and you may have a leaf camouflage on it like a, a, like a cloth or something where you don't even know it. And you walking by, you don't even think. And you go to step in it and you find yourself going down. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, let's look, at, let's look at a common day pitfall. One that is not set. See, because pitfalls can be set by the enemy or sometimes pitfalls can be just set with life. You have moles in your yard. You don't know what it looks like because the grass looks like it's still intact. And you go to step down and you twist your ankle in a hole that is underneath because you don't realize that there's been a pitfall that has been dug underneath. That is a, that is a modern day pitfall. So, so we have now sand by it, sand by it, uh, sand by it, thank you. <laughs> I said sand by it. I got, I made up a new biblical character, right? <laughs> Sambalit, Tobiah, uh, the Amorite, and these guys are angry because there's a detection, there's a light being shown on what's about to happen. They say, okay, these guys are building, these guys are trying to rebuild the wall. They're trying to reestablish themselves. And it's so key to a pitfall is that your walls must be reestablished because you have to be aware of that pitfall. And what, and, and what Nehemiah was doing, he said, I'm going to have to make us aware of what's happening. So I'm coming back to rebuild this wall because if we're going to have a prosperous city, we're going to have a prosperous life, and we're going to be successful in the things that we need to do for God, we must first have protection. Because in your protection, you've got to have peace. If you don't have any protection, how can you have peace? Because you're going to constantly have pitfalls so if you don't have any protection against the pitfalls, you're going to be wide open for them. Some of us are really wide open for pitfalls because we don't have any godly protection around about us. And if you don't have any godly protection, you're always going to be, what did they say? You're always going to be a sucker for a joke. Right? You're going to always be open and gullible because you don't have the first line of defense. You don't have any protection. As we said, boundaries, limitations. So when we're looking at this here, they go, they joke them, and they say, oh, where well, they build the wall, where well, they fortify, for fox run up on their wall, the wall to fall down, you know. The enemy's always going to have something to say about your situation. It really doesn't matter. People are always going to have something to say about who you are, what you do, how you doing it, when you did it. If you shouldn't have done it like that, why you do it like this? It really doesn't matter. Because people are always going to have something to say about what they think you should be doing about your purpose. 
So one thing, a caveat I want to leave is that you overcoming pitfalls. Understand your purpose. Know what you're doing because the pitfall comes to do something. A pitfall has a significant, to me, has a significant uh, job to do. It comes to stall your progress. That's what it is. It comes to derail you from that which you're going to do. Think about it. If a pitfall is in the middle of the road, you go into grandma's house, and a pitfall is right there in the middle of the road, this pitfall is made to stop you from getting to grandma's house. Exactly. Pitfalls are traps. So a pitfall is coming to stall your progress. So you must understand this when dealing with pitfalls. We say uh, a pitfall before our class is made to stall our progress. And what we need to understand about pitfalls, yes, they're made to stall our progress, but pitfalls can be created by us. And pitfalls can be created by the enemy. We got three areas of pitfalls. Pitfalls can be created just by life. Things happen in life. And life has its own situations. None of us can control the earth orbits. None of us can control what goes on in life. We only can control ourselves. So that's one part of a pitfall. Pitfall is done out of natural So we say one way pitfall comes, pitfall comes out of natural conditions. So I gave you a, uh, I gave you an example of natural conditions. The mole running up under the, the yard, you walk out, you step, you twist your ankle in a hole that you never knew where it was there. It's a natural condition. You can't do anything about those moles. Some areas are, are more filled with moles and uh, groundhogs, <laughs> beavers, right, than other areas. I remember, I remember when we first, we, we, thought, we thought we were moving into, uh, when we, uh, we moved into Bowie, and the chipmunk got in the house. Oh, yeah. And I was so glad that we got that chipmunk out because I would have lost my wife. My wife never. <laughs> my wife wasn't coming back up in there. <laughs> and Dad and I, we chased the chipmunk out of the house, you know. <laughs> but who would have known? If, if, you had, if you had looked at the area, you would have never thought that it had so many chipmunks in that area. And then also for them to be that brazen to jump in your home, you know. But think about it. That's a natural, uh, that's a natural condition. But that, that had, for me, that was a pitfall. Because I want, I'm going, I want to be in the house where she's at. And she didn't want to be in the house. If that, trust me, if we had not gotten that, <laughs> we have not gotten that chipmunk out there, she ain't coming back. <laughs> Until, <laughs> yeah, that's true, Pastor, right. Nobody want to be in the house with a chipmunk. <laughs> That's right. Chipmunks belong outside. We belong inside, right? So that was one that uh, a pitfall comes out of natural conditions. That was one that came out of a natural conditions. 
but also we know pitfalls. Another way a pitfall comes is that we make them ourselves. So, we make pitfalls ourselves. How do we do that? By our choices and decisions. We make pitfalls ourselves by our choices and bad decisions. So we can definitely help out this, this process here. By choices and our bad decisions. So when we go and we, we sin or we make decisions that um, will impact our lives, we bring pitfalls on, on ourselves. It happens. All of us have been there. I'm sure all of us can attest. You may not have slept with somebody else's wife or you may not have um, done certain things, but you've done some things that have impacted your life in such a manner that you brought trouble to your own home. You know, you brought trouble to your own life and you should say to yourself, man, if I only had done something differently, I would not have brought that to my life. That was a pitfall that you brought to your own life. And then a third way is pitfalls come by our enemies. There are some people and forces that are devising your demise. They have set up all night long and they thought about how they were going to get you trapped up. Whether it was in word, thought, or deed, they said they planned. I know that they go this way, they take five steps this way, they look, they wait for the bus, they cross the street. And when the moment they stand at this place all the time, I'm going to have something waiting on them. Somebody has devised a plan for your demise. Satan has devised a plan for your demise. So another way that pitfalls come is by your enemy. So pitfalls are devised by our enemies. So to me, these three categories cover the entire way that pitfalls can come in your life. Because just like natural conditions, you get sick. Your body's wrecked with cancer. That's a pitfall. You say, man, this, this is trouble that I didn't want. This is trouble that I didn't account on. This is trouble that I don't need right now. I was just doing so well, and now I'm sick. That's a pitfall. What do we, we establish pitfalls are for? They come to do what to your progress? <laughs> to hinder. To stop your progress, right? Yeah. And if, and out of natural conditions, if your body gets sick, God forbid you get MS, now you can't move, you can't function, you can't do the things that you would normally want to do. I had projects in mind. I had people I wanted to help. I wanted to go out and do, I wanted to go walk marathons. Now I got, uh, what's, what is it, uh, multiple sclerosis? Now I have that, I can't move. That's a pitfall. That's something that comes to hinder your progress, right? So, as we, okay, we, we established here, I'm going to flip the board back around, but a pitfall comes out of natural conditions. We make pitfalls ourselves by our choices and bad decisions. Pitfalls are devised by our enemies. And today we're looking at a pitfall that was devised by the enemy. And that's where we wanted to spin out, but I wanted to go through and, uh, 
let you know that I have thought about other, other areas of pitfalls. But in this particular text, we see that this pitfall wasn't created by them. This pitfall was created by the enemy. Because initially, the walls were torn down by the enemy. And now they're coming back to fix that, which the enemy has done. And now the enemy gets, is angry and upset with them. So, so basically, we say we established that pitfalls are made. Work on my English here. Pitfalls are made to stall our progress. Hmm. Oh, no, thank you. Appreciate it. Pitfalls are made to stall our progress. So we established that. So that's what they're coming. So we see here that these guys are angry and mad and trying to stall the progress of the building of the wall because they know if they build that wall, they are protected again. And the enemy knows everyone in this room, including myself, if I build my wall through prayer, praise, and worship, that he will not be able to come running in and out of my life. Because when you have a wall built and overcoming pitfalls, a wall helps you build focus. Because this, this wall here pretty much is your protection. So now they're upset. And I find it interesting because Okay, forget all the joking that they said. But they said the moment that they begin to connect the gaps and clear the boundaries out of the way, that's when they start getting angry. Because when they start fulfilling and connecting the breaches and the enemy is upset now, it said when you were coming to Bible study and you coming to service and you were really starting to buy in, what are you doing? You're beginning to connect the breaches. You're connecting the breaches. You're saying, you know, some, I was a mess yesterday, but boy, I'm getting this word. I'm, I'm really getting it down. I'm figuring it out now. And what just start, what started happening when you get that word together? Oh boy, here come the traps. Here come the pitfalls. You you trying to you trying to get yourself together? You died in it now. Everybody got a cupcake. Everyone has a cookie. The office, the office, they never had any any uh any eatings, and now they got to eat every week. And you got to keep saying no because you're dieting. and that and now it just seems like the day you died, and that's where they wanna or you fasting. You fasted and now everybody, everybody got food for you. That's a pitfall because they come to start your progress. And that's what was happening here in this text. It's like when nobody worried about this wall, Tobias, Sam Ballard, they, was, they were not, they didn't care anything. But the moment he comes to, with Judah to fix the problem, now they got an issue with it. And that's the same thing with us. The moment that we start saying in our minds, we want to get our lives together, get our focus together, you better expect that there are going to be pitfalls forming to try to stop you from getting and, and attaching that goal. My goal is I'm going to read my Bible 15 minutes every night. And here come every TV show, every phone call, every time you, you look around, the phone buzzing. And the moment you're trying to make a, a commitment, to fixing the problem, you better expect that the pitfall is on its way. So one of, my, one of my first points I wanted to say when overcoming pitfalls is that prayer 
must be an essential part of our lives. It has to be. Because Nehemiah shows us here in his text what he does. These guys are flipping around, talking about what they're going to do to the wall, and they're causing confusion. And the first thing Nehemiah does, he doesn't say one word to them. He starts to pray. And prayer must be an essential part. But this is what I'm going to say about your prayer. And this is what the Lord said to me. It can't just be prayer. It has to be strategic prayer. So why did I go through all of this stuff about the boundaries and the walls? Because this, all of this is strategic. It has to be your prayer has to be strategic prayer. It just can't be any willy-nilly wake up, I'm going to just say a few words. If you want to overcome pitfalls, Our prayer must be strategic. Let's see. Uh, prayer must be strategic. And this is this to me. This is this is a very serious business because when you pray, you know your weaknesses. You know where your walls are broken down at more than anyone else. You know you better than anyone else knows you. You know if your mouth is toxic. You know if your thinking is derailed. You know if you can't be trusted. And you, we can be struggling with these areas. Not to say that we are setting out to do these things. We can be actually having real struggles in these areas. But you know your areas of struggle. You know where your wall is torn down, where there's no protection, where there's no boundaries, where there are no limitations. So your prayer, understanding as we, we preface this in the beginning, understanding that pitfalls will come to everyone in this room. You must be strategically praying about your life, strategically praying about the people in your life, strategically praying about the positions and places where you are planted in your life. That you know that they can cause pitfalls. Classic example, if I'm in my office and I know that I go off the rails, I need to be praying about that. God set me in a position in the place in my office to where I won't lose my cool. You know that I'm struggling here. You know that when this person comes in the office, they always got something to say and I get baited in. That's where your prayer time needs to be strategically praying that God has set you in the place helping you to deal with those areas where you know the pitfalls are coming. You got problem with women or you got problem with your eyes asking the Lord to set you in positions and places. Help me bring my flesh under control that I won't allow these pitfalls to draw me off. Uh, go ahead. No, should, your, uh, shouldn't you be faithful in your prayer as well? Did that fall under there? I mean, faithful in your prayer, absolutely. I mean, all I was saying is, I'm not talking about the faithfulness or the lack of level of. I'm talking about where you set your prayer at. Yes, faithfulness and commitment has to be there. But make sure that your prayer is strategic. See, sometimes we get up and pray and say, Father, we thank you. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for everything that you do for me, Lord God. We I thank you in Jesus' name. We go about our day. What I'm saying is spending some time thinking about the areas 
where you know that the enemy attacks you every single day. Areas you know you fail at every single day that you got to ask the Lord forgiveness five times a day. This is the area you need to be spending time praying. Yes, faithfulness, absolutely. Being faithful in prayer should be the, the, uh, just the bottom level of it all because we need to be praying every day. I'm just talking about the kind of prayer that we need to pray. Uh, they say there's, you can pray intercessory prayer. You can pray a prayer of supplication. A prayer of thanksgiving. These are kind of prayers that we pray. And this prayer is a strategic prayer. He prays strategically in verse 4. Let's look at what he said in verse 4. He says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquities and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Prayer strategic. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, it, it wasn't nothing wrong with him praying, God, thank you for this day. But no, I got a problem. And I'm going to spend my time praying about this problem. And my problem right now is these enemies are trying to come and stop your builders from doing your work. So I want you to handle that business, please. And that's when Nehemiah's prayer was a strategic prayer. He took time thinking about the situation that was causing him to pitfall. And that's what I'm saying is that when we go down on our knees to pray and we're praying war prayers and we're praying for our, we are interceding for people and interceding on their behalf and we're interceding on our behalf. Let's be strategic. Let's take a little time to think about what we're praying about. Because sometimes I, I, I'm the one, the first ones to admit, I don't always think about what I'm praying about. I just make sure I, sometimes I just jot the, the chalkboard. I prayed today. I read today. I did my five minutes. I did my little devotion, got my daily bread. I got it in. But that doesn't mean that that's effective. We want to be effective when we're spending our time because we only got so much of it. That's all I'm saying. So Nehemiah, go ahead, Pastor. That's right. And that's and that's what I and, and that's all I was saying is is definitely like they said what he said. <laughs> that's not prayer. That 
That's what that's, that's what I was saying with passing. It, yep, yep, exactly. Because sometimes you do have to give yourself time to think through what you want to pray for. You know, Lord, I'm praying and I'm at this time. I feel you're nudging to pray, but what am I need to be praying for? You know, and and you praying strategically. You know, I know tomorrow when I go in that office, some stuff gonna be waiting on me. I've been seeing it brew up. I've seen things pop up. And that's when you need to start praying. God, when this happens, give me the grace. See, because when you start praying strategically or strategic, it makes you aware of what's going on. So when you start praying about a thing, you're looking for it. See, it's one minute. It's, it's one thing that you're going about your life and you fall in the pitfall. But when you start really praying on something, you start looking for it. I'm looking for this opportunity to show the love of Christ in this situation because I know it's coming. The Lord has nudged me. He told me it's happening. Because think about it. Nobody ever told Nehemiah and those that this situation was happening. But God kept revealing. It. He wasn't in Tobias and Sam Bilas camp. But somebody kept coming and saying this is happening. And he had a step ahead. Because God will give you a step ahead. He will show you. He will reveal to you the areas and places and things that you're dealing with. That you have problems with that you need to change. He'll give you a step ahead. You know it before anybody else know that you're going to go up in this room and blow up. You know that already. You know it. I mean, nobody has to tell you because God has already given you a hint to say, you know yourself. You already know it. So this is where I need you to be strategic in prayer. You already know you ain't good with money. And if you get a certain amount of money, you're going to go in and spend it the wrong way. He's already prepared you for it. So why not go and get somebody financially that can help you with your money and spend your money properly? Go to somebody that you know that's doing a little bit better than you and ask them, well, what do you do? Where do you put your money at? Because I, I, I have issues. We have, to, we have to strategically plan in our prayer about the areas in our lives. If we're going to gain the victory in those areas. Go ahead, Vaughn. Most important most important, we need to first um, spend time with God. Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely. Most, that's, that's the first thing. That's, that's the most important thing. Our time and, uh, uh, with God. Yep, you yeah, spend uh, mm-hmm. uh, the pitfall is. That's the God is first. Absolutely. Because then you, when you spend time, see, God is your war base. That's the place of planning in the presence of God. So any great general, or any great army will first be in the war room, moving things around. We're going to attack from the east side. You're going to come from the west side. We're going to deal with that. So as the general, God is giving you instructions on where to put your infantry, where to put your walls. That's when we are spending time in prayer with him and not necessarily be for yourself. God may speak to somebody else on your behalf. I see that they're weak. I see that they're going down. I see that they got these issues and they got somebody praying for you mm-hmm. strategically about your life. Mm-hmm. And you may be about to walk right in the pitfall. And you just end up turning left and walking somewhere. And somebody else praying for you. Mm-hmm. Praying about your situation. Mm-hmm. Holding up your arms. And, and that's what we should be doing for each other. So now we move to the next one. We must be watchful concerning our weaknesses and traps. We must be watchful. Concerning, I'm put, we must be watchful concerning our pitfalls. Mm. We must 
be watchful concerning our pitfalls. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Could you not wait one hour with me in prayer? Pray before temptation overtakes you, right? We must be watchful concerning our pitfalls. And this is where Nehemiah knows came in. They were very watchful concerning their enemies. No one knows you like you know you. We talked about that. You know yourself. You know who you are in the dark. You know who you are when ain't nobody looking. So you need to be watchful concerning your traps and pitfalls. You know if you like rippling muscles and a guy all cut up, you know is that if that's your draw, you might need to be going down here at the fat farm. Stay away from LA Fitness. That's your draw. I mean, you got to be real with yourself. If you're not real about your traps and your weaknesses, you will fall to them. You will fall to them. If you, you know what your draws are, you have to, you know your draw. If your draw is a, a, a nice piece of sweet potato pie and you have diabetes, that's not you. You love pig feet and, and uh, chillings and you got high blood pressure. That's your draw. You know that's a draw of yours. You know that puts you in the hospital. Keep it out of your house. Don't go to places where it's a pig feet uh, extravaganza. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can't, you can't go to those places. Because you already know that's your draw. It's going to raise your pressure up. I remember when I used to love pork rinds. I used to love pork rinds. And my, I mean, I would eat the pork rinds, and my co-workers would bring in the pork rinds with the, the hot, that little pepper on them, and I used to eat those things and feel like a balloon in the morning. You know, full of water and feet swollen and everything. Can't wait to get my next pack of pork rinds, you know? Killing myself. But I, I started, what I started doing was saying, no, I'm not going to go over and mess around with the pork rinds because I know I don't want the headaches. I don't want the high blood pressure. I'm, I'm young right now, but I won't always be young. And I'm realizing things are changing. And I'm realizing I can't get my pressure down like I want to get it down. And I'm, I'm on a borderline of medicine. So if I want to really push myself over, let me keep messing with those pork rinds. So I stopped messing with the pork rinds. I stopped buying my own little private pack and leaving that stuff alone because I don't, I don't want that. I don't eat the pork rinds. Now, other sort of things I need to work on. But well, the pork rinds, I have left alone. And my pressure, my pressure is much better. But I understand is that it can't, it, it, it's, it's higher than what I want it to be. And it's, it's really contributed to my eating. So all I'm saying is this, we got to stay away from those traps and pitfalls. We know those are traps and pitfalls. And, and we got to be watchful in those areas. But it, 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 what the pitfall did, instead of me 
really, really overcoming it, like, you know, God, you know, like we should, and, and spiritually, I became fearful of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's also dangerous, too, mm -hmm. to, become, to become fearful of your pitfalls. Absolutely. So, in, in this case, um, I began to, you know, uh, pray, and I had to focus. Mm -hmm. I had to find my place in God. One thing, uh, for certain two things, I had to understand right from wrong, spiritually. Mm -hmm. and, and because I knew that it was a sin to be fearful of, but God wanted me to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mentioned that because that's important too. A lot of times we don't know we're fearful about pitfalls instead of overcoming our pitfalls spiritually. Mm -hmm. And it does, it, it, it hinders us. Deeply hinders us. No, I mean, and, and mm -hmm. I, I became, and it hindered me. I became so fearful, and and it became a hindrance to me. Mm -hmm. At first, I didn't know what to do. What what I didn't know how to react to it or anything like that. But when I, when you, when you, and all of this falls in, in line. Your time with God in prayer. Make sure you be very consistent with your prayer, and also. Um, and, and to know the right from wrong spiritually and to stand on it. And that's, 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 what ha that's how I overcame it, you know, and things like that. And I'm still, you know, because sometimes dealing with it. Absolutely. It. And, but I know now that it's a pitfall, that I know that it's not right spiritually. I know that's not of God. And God, and God has strengthened you in that area yeah, of every, awareness. Every, every day, every time it comes to me, he, he does give me the strength. He protects me and you even you know that pitfall. No, absolutely. And you got to you. That's a great point. Fear is a pitfall. Being fear of your pit, being fearful of your pitfalls. Mm -hmm. You know your pitfalls. You know your areas. And some of us are, are petrified when it comes to certain fear. I remember we were uh, in Florida. I don't know what happened. In the back seat, automatically, I, I start getting claustrophobic. And it was driving me crazy that that was happening. And I think, first thing, he was like, I'll get back there. I'll, I'll ride back there. You know. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back seat. And I am tripping out. I'm, oh, oh, you know. And I hate to ever be in those areas. I hate, I hate to ever be in those areas. And eventually, by the end of the trip, I, I got I to gotta handle one. But it was something that I was like, no, I gotta face my fear. I gotta, face, you know, because it was driving me crazy that I had this fear there that we all get fearful, but it was paralyzing me. Mm -hmm. And I don't like to be paralyzed by fear. I understand fear is gonna be what fear is, and we're gonna all be fearful, but I hate to be paralyzed by fear. And I was sitting back there and I felt like fear was beginning to paralyze me to where I wanted to sit up in the front. It's like, I ain't going to deal with it. I don't like it, you know. And, and I was praying. I prayed about it. <laughs> and my wife was trying to help me. Everybody's like, it ain't that serious. I was like, you want me to ask? No, no, I, I'll take it. You know, but it was an internal thing for me. You know, because somewhere down the line, claustrophobia has been trying to grab a hold of me. And uh, that's, a, that's something that I, I'm saying to myself and, and praying with God. I'm not going to allow fear to paralyze me. And it, I felt that way. I felt that I actually felt very fearful to where it was paralyzing me. And I, and I can understand what you're saying, that we can't allow that pitfall. Because when you start doing that and making 
allowances for fear to live in your life, you won't get things done. And you'll make more excuses than doing and being, being taking actions. That's a lot of people, they won't speak and they won't do things, they won't step out on what God wants them to do, and they make excuses why they can't do it. Oh, well, they just won't hire me. Oh, well, well, you know, this ain't the proper conditions. This ain't the right time. Well, it's going to probably never be the right time for you, you know? But sometimes we're just going to have to push ourselves in and say, if I fall, I fall. But at least I know I'm falling in God. This is one thing when you go in God, you already know you're going to win one way or the other, you know? So uh, be watchful. And then just, I just wanted y'all to see this real quick. They said that Nehemiah said, as they were talking about the wall, uh, Verse 8, he said, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. And look at verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. So because of the pitfall, they knew what was coming. They made prayer to God. As we're talking about strategic prayer, they were watchful concerning their pitfalls. And then in verse... um, They said they set a watch day and night. I'm just looking, looking for the one verse that is the capper that, that will cap all of this here off. When he talks about, um, he said they set a watch day and night and then they armed themselves. He said, so as they were continuing to work on the wall, they said they had a trial in one hand and a sword in the other. Day and night. So we're going to overcome our pitfalls. We must arm ourselves, knowing that our pitfalls may form, but we must arm ourselves with the word of God. This last one, we must arm ourselves with the word Word of God. What do I mean by that? Sister Vaughn, you kind of hit on it and you jumped out there before I got there. You must arm yourself with the Word of God. This is when it comes down to spending time in the Word. You know those pitfalls that come. Like you said, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Arming myself with the Word of God. He said, as they were building the wall, they were using a trial in one hand and they had the sword in the other. Just in case the Arabs came, they were going to cut a few down while they were building. Cut them down, keep on building. Cut them down, keep on building. And that's what we need to do with our, our pitfalls, overcoming our pitfalls. When they come, we're going to cut a few down and we're going to keep on building. Because you know they're coming. It's not that you're you walking around and you just say, oh my goodness, I got hit by a pitfall. No, you know they're coming. What did James say? Count it all joy when you fall, what? Into various traps, right? But James said it from another perspective. Understanding, he says, you count it all joy when you are in God and your pitfalls come, knowing that they're not going to overtake you, but they're going to help you build. They're going to help you become stronger. He said they're going to work patience in you. They're going to help you have a new outlook and, and mindset. Yeah, you may have got me this time, but I'm much stronger than that. So when you come again, I'm going to know how to step and move, and I'm going to know how to, where to build a wall. And the more that when we are in Christ, I ain't talking about the pitfalls that we set, we make ourselves. 
I'm talking about when we are in Christ like Nehemiah knows, God kept making them ready, making them ready. The, the runner come back and say, oh, my goodness, they're coming, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. We know they're coming from the east. Let's get ready from the east. And Sambad and Tobias, they were mad because they said, they keep figuring out what's going on because they understood God was fighting for them. And when we're in God's will, we got to understand God is fighting for us. The pitfall is going to come, but you will be victorious. And you have to stand on that. So when you're in God's word, when you're praying, you're praying strategically. See, because when you're in this will, it's much better that way. Instead of when you're out there doing things and fighting and, and fighting in areas where you shouldn't be. But when you know you're saying, God, I'm praying, I'm living, I'm trying to live right as much as I can. And when the enemy come up, you feel much comfortable because you know God much more comfortable because you know God is fighting that battle. You ain't fighting that battle. You say, I'm showing up, but God's going to do the fight because I'm in God's will. And when you're in God's will, God will fight for you. Reverend Nick can contest. We all can contest. There have been some things. I just used Reverend Nick on her job, some stuff that come up against her. She ain't had to fight one lick. <laughs> and end up, you end up walking in that thing, you know? The same company that fought against you, you now running. You know, the same person that tried to take you down, and they're coming and apologizing to you, asking you how you can help them. God will turn them pitfalls around on their heads. And the same enemies that come up against you will want to be your friend, ask you how you do what you do. What makes you so successful? Why do you continue to go up and down? Are you able to open? They're open now to listen to your counsel. Weren't you the same person that was getting everybody else to advise evil against me? Now you want to come down and now you paying three, four hundred dollars to be in my class to have me teach you how to overcome pitfalls. That's what God does for us. And so what we need to what we need to recognize and understand with these as just wrapping this up, our prayer must be strategic. We must be watchful concerning our pitfalls. We must arm ourselves with the word of God. And we understand that there are three places and areas of pitfalls. Pitfalls come by us. Pitfalls are made that come by natural conditions. And then they show up by the enemy. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise for our pastor as he comes. Thank you so much. Well, the pitfalls. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, if you notice, God says. Amen. Uh, thank you for joining me on Making an Impact Christian Podcast show. I'm your host, Mike Anthony. We were listening to Overcoming Pitfalls. I pray that you receive something out of that teaching today on this podcast episode. It's indeed a blessing to be able to talk about the Word of God and be able to have wonderful people like yourself listening and commenting and reviewing, subscribing. I just bless God for you. And I just wanted to say quickly, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, come into my heart, into my mind. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. I want you to be Lord over my life. I believe, God, that you're living and that you are alive. And Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe you're saved according to the word. And I just welcome God for you in Jesus' name. 
But thank you for tuning in to this episode, Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show, Overcoming Your Pitfalls. I pray that it will be something that will help you be strengthened on your days ahead. You take care. You be blessed. The Making an Impact Christian Podcast Show is brought to you by Impact Ministries. Be helpful. Be useful. Impact. Impact.